Okay. <clears throat> are you guys ready to begin? We are. We're ready. Gian, are you ready? Sure. Are you, you're holding. You're holding the mic up like well, you're ready. Welcome to Off Time Jive. My name is Tyler Pino. My name is Michael Holler. SpongeBob. <laughs> and SpongeBob SquarePants joining us live in the Michael Holler Studios just above the Manhattan Center. Yes, right here in busy, bustling, world threatening New York. Yeah. I always wanted to live here just because I, I always felt like my one reasoning was it is a city that is most likely to get attacked by aliens, most likely to have comic book villains. I don't know. You think that's true? I think it might be the least likely to get attacked by aliens because if I'm an alien, and look where they actually do attack when people uh, say that they get abducted by aliens all the time, it's never in New York City. It's always somewhere out in bump up nowhere <laughs> with some asshole in a trailer, like in his outhouse, talking about, oh my, they put it up my butt. And they're like, that's not an alien, that's... That's homosexuality. Uh, oh, well, whatever. No, no, it's them aliens. They stuck things in my behind. That they did. Although, you know, there could be aliens in New York City, and we just walk past them every day. I do see like, them every day. Because it looks like New Yorkers. Yeah. It's just like Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's just like Men in Black. Like, honestly, that film got it right, because, I mean, a lot of people oh, they Edgar. filmed. Edgar, your face is peeling off. <laughs> Your bones are half your face. Where is that? Where are, like, the three spaceships? Is that in Queens? No, that's actually in, um... It's coming from JFK. Really? If you take a cab from JFK Airport, you usually pass it. You don't say. Wait, what? You know, you at the end of Men in Black 3, they have the three UFO ships that they... They use one to get away. Yeah, you know, they have them in, like, Islands of Adventure. Oh, or, the, the or no, it's regular Universal. The World Fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's in Queens. Oh, it's in Queens? Yeah, the World's Fair is in Queens. We should go see that. We should go there it's right now. It's closed down. Well, yeah, but we should go see it. <laughs> we should break in. That's we'll what break I'm in. saying. We're we'll breaking in. Ah. So are you guys ready for Halloween? That's a stupid question. You know what we saw this week that we didn't see last week? Oh, uh, John Wick. No, we didn't see that, and we're not going to see Birdman. that. Because I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that. We saw Harvey Birdman, attorney, attorney at film. Um, Birdman. The movie is Birdman. And we saw it at the world-famous Angelica Film Center. Um, actually, Tyler, it's Birdman, or also known as the unex... No, what was it? The ah, Unexplained ah, Virtue ah, of Ignorance? Ah. Yeah. Actually, it is. What did you think of the movie, Michael? Um, I loved it. I mean, unfortunately, we did see it at the, at the Angelica Film Center, which I really, really hate that theater. Why? Um, because I, the two times I've gone there, I've walked in. It's one of those theaters where the aisle... You walk in straight down the middle of the screen, which always pisses me off because this means that no one can sit in the middle. So you're either off to the left or off to the right. And it wasn't stadium seating. Granted, it's an old theater, so why would there be stadium seating? So it's all flat. And when someone really tall sits in front of you, you're just, it ruins it. But the film, I really enjoyed the film. I enjoyed it not only as a piece of entertainment, but also as a work of art. It's one Are you of dressing the... as Freddy Krueger right I now? Know, this is my Halloween costume. <laughs> Surprise. No, I'm just kidding. This is a normal sweater. That just happens so very soon. No one you can hear you. Is. I'm wearing a sweater that looks like Freddy Krueger's sweater. He also has the face paint and some makeup where it has his face off. Oh, no, wait. Yes, I should That's go back and buy those claws. I already do have those I sweater. think we should go back to Abracadabra tonight. Um, cause I have to buy Halloween stuff. What are you, what are you gonna do? I don't know. They're making me go to a fucking thing in Brooklyn tomorrow that I don't want to go to. You have to go? Who's making you go there? To. Who's making My classmates. They're like, you never go to any of our Marta? parties. And it's like, or Marta. Marta. <laughs> I don't know anyone uh, named Marta. What is her name? I don't know her name. Your toe? I, yeah, that's it. No, I'm... she lives here. Why would she make me go to Brooklyn? Oh. She lives in the building. She's Greek. Anyway, back to Birdman. <laughs> what a weird segue that was. I've seen the way you talk about your classmates, and I don't think you'd have fun. But I have fun. Can I go? Yeah. Okay. 
but um, <laughs> I think I don't see why not. <laughs> Only knife is students allowed. <laughs> We're gonna have so much fun, Pino. Mm-hmm. No, but Birdman, uh, it, I thought it was a really, it was a nice piece. Of, it was a nice piece of art, is what it was. It was literally my favorite art house film in a long, long time. Because I'm not really a fan of art house cinema. I'm really not. I think that. It's pretentious, and a lot of times art house filmmakers try to make these movies and they forget to make them entertaining. Mm-hmm. They're like, we have to make this profound statement. And then you're just like, okay, well, this is really sad. And like, I leave and I'm just like, Depressed. why did I see that? Is that yeah. like, a, what is it, Dissectity? Or, no, Synecdity. Oh, Schenectady, or, New York. Yeah. Oh, no, it's Synecdity. Is it Synecdity? Yeah, because he's from Schenectady, and that was the play on words. But a, syne- a Synecdity is... Um, like using a, the definition is using a part of something to define the whole. So that would be like, if someone were like, can you give me a hand or like, we need, um, to do a head count where you're counting heads, but they're representing people. God, this is fascinating. You're a part of the synecdoche then? <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess. It's See, on the other hand of this, I really do enjoy art house films and, um, Yay! <laughs> that was just funny. Like, this is really nice. I mean, I I really do. I mean, I really like them. I really love Nicholas Winningroff in films, and I I feel like he's one of the few art house directors that can make an art house film and still make it really entertaining. But did uh, he direct this? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. But so I'm, why are you saying? Because that? I like Nicholas Win- uh, Winningroff. Who d- who did direct this? I can't. It's I, on the tip it of my tongue. It started with an A. It was Alex Alejandro. Alejandro, yeah. It was a Mexican gentleman. Alejandro. Yeah, it's fantastic though. Um, oh, it was beautiful, and the cinematography was beautiful. Now, I don't really usually like that one-shot gimmick, um, although there's no... Uh, n- no one's trying to say that this actually was one-shot. It was filmed to look like one-shot. You know what I mean? Um, but I don't usually like that because I find it way too disorienting. This was a little bit disorienting, but I found it to be in service of the plot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand what you mean. But I think that the way that they had it, I mean, most films, I mean, even Gravity, too, like, when, when they have films that are meant to be or meant to look with really long takes and long shots, it's right. meant to have it time pass in real time so, like, you can build tension. Like, Children sure. of Men, a lot of Alfonso Cuaron films do the same thing. Harry and Potter I feel, Part 3. <laughs> no. <laughs> and I feel definitely uh, this film... Despite not having like these huge giant action set pieces or anything, it it was very tense and had a lot of chaos, and and that was exemplified by the soundtrack, which was all like jazz drumming, which was mm-hmm. really awesome. Yeah, but, it was a drum, a completely drumming score, like all percussion. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome up until the end. Then they did the like the sonata there, which fit. Yeah, but it was it was a really chaotic film in the best of ways, where it gives you that really not sense of claustrophobia, but disorientation yes it it did have a little bit of a sense of claustrophobia but i felt that that was necessary because it it was demonstrating that this play had completely taken over his life but destroyed it yeah well he destroyed his own life and he put everything all his eggs into this play basket okay well explain the plot a little bit for some people that might not know because i think that at this at the moment this is only airing like a couple theaters uh, yeah it's in new york and la i don't think it's at the rest of the country yet is it um, I don't believe so. I do believe that if it is playing in different parts of the country, you will have to drive, like, hours upon hours to get to the nearest theater that's playing it. In New York. Yeah, pretty much. So if you live in Wisconsin, but um, um, you're going to have to drive, like, nine hours to get to New York City and see this film. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the best way I can probably summarize this film is it was Black Swan if instead of Natalie Portman it was Charles Foster Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole the whole plot of the film is Michael Keaton uh, played this old, really corny, apparently superhero in the '90s. Well, he play he was essentially almost playing himself. Yeah, he was basically. And that should also be said. This movie was hyper self aware in just the best way possible. Yeah. Um, it was very tongue in cheek in its depiction of. I wouldn't say tongue in cheek. No, that's a bad term for it. But it, it was very aware of the people involved and. Uh, also just the entire hollywood it's aware of the society that we're living in now yes yes and it it has that's one of the aspects of the film it really plays upon like what do audiences see in film now do they see it as a form of art or do they see it as a means to kill two hours 
And it really plays on that whole thing where, like, are people's attention spans, are people really intelligent enough to grasp these profound concepts that we're throwing at them, or would they rather just see, um, you know, people in superhero outfits running around? I mean, granted, that was fun in the 90s, and it's fun now, so what happened in between? But, no, there's a lot of really deep things, themes in there. One of the one of the great aspects I loved about it was they had this whole duality of man concept going on mm-hmm. where you show it shows each and every character in the film has two sides to them basically um, people are complicated people are really complicated and this is exemplified Except for Gian. no Gian's on his phone texting in the middle of a podcast what you see is what you get I know what's going on I mean, and we can't hear you again I'm still listening <laughs> But, so fuck you guys. <laughs> but but no, and this was this this whole duality thing was exemplified, especially in Michael Keaton's character, where his persona Birdman is literally talking to him and appearing to him in the film, and it's mm-hmm. really interesting. Yes, yeah, so the beginning of the film, you don't necessarily know who's talking to him. You hear a voice, and you know that he's hearing this voice. But what I love about it is it's the Michael Keaton Batman voice, almost. Yeah, and. Uh, and it also hammers home the fact that, oh my god, the Michael Keaton Batman voice is so much better than the Christian Bale Batman voice. What? What are you saying? I don't know. No, but Michael Keaton's, it's, lit- it's, it's he's channeling Clint Eastwood, I feel like. Yeah. And speaking of Clint Eastwood, I remember when Warner Brothers was saying they were going to reboot the Batman saga again after Christopher Nolan. What I thought would be really, really awesome is if they had Clint Eastwood as Bruce Wayne and then set it in the Batman Beyond universe. They were talking about making a Batman Beyond film before they started the Nolan films. Um, the first time that they rebooted it after uh, Batman Robin was a flop. They wanted to keep making Batman movies, but they didn't want to make it Batman again. So I believe that they wrote an entire script. There's this actually summer. concept art on the internet that looks really cool of 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 the bat suit beyond the Batman Beyond bat suit. This summer coming to a theater near you, Batman again. <laughs> no, but um, I was actually we were just talking about this yesterday. Um, before Batman and Robin had failed miserably and scarred us all for life, uh, they were planning to do a sequel sequel on that called Batman Triumphant. And for whatever ungodly reason, DC has given Joel Schumacher the go-ahead to write his own comic arc that will be the story that takes place after Batman and Robin. You have no idea how excited I am about that. Like, really... I, I can't wait to read that. No, I, I totally understand how excited you are because I told you. And your exact reaction was, huh, well, I'd read that. Yeah. I mean, well, that's just, excitement for me. You could just hear the um, excitement bursting just from your dripping voice. Through. No, I really do. Like, I, I would love a continuation of that story. So long as it's not wasting an entire movie um, with a comic book, absolutely, I'll buy it. I'll buy that for a buck ninety-nine. Maybe even two ninety nine. What about four ninety nine? No, no, that would be a little bit too much. Then I'll let Gian buy it and I'll read it. Like Gotham Academy. Did you ever buy Gotham Academy? Fuck no, I never bought Gotham Academy. <laughs> was that the chibi one? I think Michael should buy it. It, it wasn't. Um, although they have one of those. This was about uh, two girls going to boarding school in Gotham City. Oh, and I think wonderful. it's the Hardy Boys. It looks like girls. it looks like just by the art on the cover, it looks like a Hardy Boys type uh, mystery, Nancy. Drew yeah, like a thing. detective event adventure. Yeah. Is it where they figure out that Bruce Wayne is Batman in like the first three pages of it? But it doesn't matter because they're in like high school. I don't even think it like they mentioned Batman in the first one because I was thumbing through it at Midtown. Um, they're they're in this big mansion and you see the bat signal, but then they're looking for a ghost. What that was the plot? Hmm. A spooky ghost. It sounds like they could just, like, if it picks up, they could easily turn it into a cartoon. Yeah. I mean, that tends to be the plan these days. Let's see how much we could milk any idea that we have. You know, even if it was a cartoon and did come out, it would probably be better than Gotham. We can't talk about Gotham anymore. We're not, we're done. (laughs) We didn't review it. I didn't see the last one. and We're done, Okay. It's over. I'm not. Gian's applying to places. Gian's applying to production companies around New York City. He can't be shitting on everything. Gian, comment. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. I concur. Right. <laughs> I concur. I concur. I've given up on it at this point, so fuck it. Let's move on. What else? What other news do we have? Marvel this past oh, we week. We didn't finish talking about Birdman, Michael. Oh, that's right. We didn't finish talking about Birdman. Okay, well, let's just get into a little bit on the performances. Everyone in this movie was awesome. Oh, everyone like, was fucking fantastic. Amazing. Um, no, yeah, like you said, Michael Keaton, performance of his fucking life. Same with Ed Norton. Same with um, Ed Norton. Yeah. Same with Emma Stone. Um, oh god yeah, yeah that's what i did want to bring up i've never been like a huge fan of hers i've never disliked her in any way it's just the movies that i've seen her in i've kind of been ambivalent towards yeah um i just it was like i could take her or leave her i thought she was good and super bad i like her um in general but jesus christ she gives this monologue in this movie uh, oh and it's fucking brilliant it's 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 brutal it's fucking like all the feels, man, comes up. And then there's in her eyes, I won't say what she's saying because it gives away a little bit of the plot. And since no one has seen this movie yet because it's only playing in like two places across the country. Um, and I do highly, highly recommend that everybody go see this movie if you get the chance. Um, As do I, starting with Gian Gomez. Yeah, especially Gian. You'd like it. Ed Norton was amazing. I'm sure I would like it. He really was good. And then you're like, no, spoilers. We're never going to see it. <laughs> um, no, but... Uh, who else? Naomi Watts was in it too, briefly. She was the film was critic. She? Right? Yeah, she was the film critic, wasn't she? Oh, she is. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, and she plays Tabitha something or another. She was good too, and yeah, for her brief moments. In for it. her for her brief moments, oh, but every moment on yeah, oh yeah, she's a bitch <laughs> in this film. But uh, actually, and there's another thing too uh, that the film addresses really well. I mean, there's a lot of like really nice points that the film has it, but one of the points that they make is like criticism. Of plays and films and everything and the stuff that we do on this yeah, podcast and it's how it's all like bullshit yeah and it's, it really is yeah and it really is and it's it's beautiful and so refreshing to see um mm. it was fantastic i really and if you're a person that's ever worked in theater as well you you'll adore this movie because they get so much right like i've literally had that moment that he had almost um, getting locked out of the theater when you're about to go on stage. <laughs> like, there was one time I was doing a show called I Hate Hamlet, and uh, my character um, comes in maybe 20, 25 minutes through the play, but then he just doesn't leave the stage. So once I got, like, a break to go out and smoke, I would take it, um, and I wasn't supposed to. But I went out one time to the loading bay, and, like, we always kept, like, a brick in the door, um, so I went out, had my cigarette. I'm like, okay, I have to be on in like three minutes. I, wo- I, I, I go back to the door, try to open it, and it's fucking locked. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, God. I'm like pounding on the door, and then I'm like, I can't be too loud because they're going to hear that. So I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I had to run to the front of the theater. Um, Jian's seen this theater. You know how like the dungeon yeah, is set up? Yeah, because we met you outside of yeah. it. And so I was in the loading bay, so I had that's to run, far. mad yeah, dash, to the st- <laughs> to front of the stage. In three minutes. And when I walk in, like, the ladies that uh, do- did the ticket-taking and stuff, that ran the box office, they were all volunteers, and they were, like, little old So women. I have no idea who's they, in the play. They don't or... know me. I've never seen them before in my life. Um, so I run into the door, and they're like, sir, you can't go back there. I'm like, I have to. And meanwhile, I'm dressed as fucking Hamlet. I'm like, who do you think I <laughs> like, am? Why, would I, why else would you be dressed that way? Right. Right? Why, why, why am I wearing tights and like a gown? I don't do like, this for fun, lady. <laughs> you should have walked in and was like, do you know who I am? No, literally. Do you know? Do you see what I'm wearing? Right. Well, that was kind of like, what do you think I'm doing? And so I ran in, came in through the stage <laughs> as they're on stage, and I'm about to get on. And I oh say my, my line from the <laughs> That's pretty. That's pretty great entrance, though. It was. uh, The director was not pleased. He was uh, like, "You motherfucker! You trying to steal the show, (laughs) Peter?" No, he's like you. He came to the editor. He's like, "You are a lucky son of a bitch because if you had missed that entrance, the play it would have been fucking ridiculous." Wow. Uh, But that you know, spoiler, spoiler. That kind of happens in the movie. He gets locked out at some point. I won't say why, but. At least I didn't have to run through Times Square. Yeah, in your underwear. In my underwear. It was, that was in the trailer. So yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if yeah. people seen the trailer, that's not. It's not a big. Spoiler. It's not a spoiler. It's, it's fucking hilarious. Oh, it's wonderful. But yeah, I a lot love of the it. things with the film were just really funny. Stephen Adley Gurgis has a cameo in this movie. He's the guy on the roof. Um, you looking at me like you don't know who that oh, is, oh. and that's fine. Yeah, he's yeah. a super fl- like he's a really really big playwright right now. Um, and he's fucking brilliant. But I was just like, hey, he's in this. But uh, Easter egg, <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of uh, little kind of theater and jokes. But um, yeah, no, absolutely go see this movie. It's 
give it your money. So worth it. Give it, it all was, your money. It was actually, I was actually a little bitter when we went to go see this film mm-hmm. because um, Tyler told me like, oh, the Angelica has eight dollars student discount. Yeah, was it Tuesday? it's supposed to. Yeah, had $8 well, you looked it up discount. and found it online too, yeah, yeah. and showed the guy. He's like, "Yeah, we never have that." Yeah, what? It was eight dollars student discount Tuesday, so we went. Uh, Pino bought his ticket, and the guy said it's fourteen dollars, and then he was. Like, I'm like, but is, it doesn't have student prices. He's like, "No, we don't do that." I, I was like, "You have student prices on Tuesday, right?" And he's like, "No, we never do." And then Michael like looks it up. He gets on his cell phone. He's shows like, it to the guy. Literally, he's yeah. like, "You I, don't I, have I, this." Like it's I on your website. <laughs> slam it up against the glass of this guy <laughs> this poor like i feel really bad like i slam it up against a glass window that this guy is working at it's like this right here the thing that says angelica film center student discount tuesdays you do not have this right here and he's like no we don't no, have that we, we never so have i just that. i drop my phone like i'll take one ticket and i'm so oh pissed off God. you, you guys should have just fucking laughed what the was that well, the I'm glad that we did because yeah, it's the one in Soho. Um, is that the only one in the city? No, the there's, they're time. showing it at like Lowe's. We could have gone to... Are they still showing it at Lowe's, actually? They were showing it there, but the, the but the times were off, so yeah. we wouldn't have gotten back like in time to do anything, basically. Right. But it was totally worth that. And I'm, yeah. I'm sorry if I if I yelled at you at the theater. I'm, I feel really bad. <laughs> Guy at the Angelica, I was just, it was, if you're listening. I, right yeah, now. I had planned it so that I would have that $8 for the ticket and then $6 to eat food and mm-hmm. i didn't so i spent 14 dollars a ticket and just didn't eat so no. i'm sorry <laughs> but it was totally worth not eating trust mm-hmm. me yeah uh emma stone if you're listening you did a good job if you're involved with the production of birdman at all you did you phenomenal did phenomenal um but yeah now that we're done with that what were you saying? so how many crayons how many crayons would I give it? Oh, man, a whole box. whole box of crayons. A whole box. I would give this movie... Actually, I'd give it, like, a 9 out of 10, probably. Nice. Very good. It's very good. We're going to have to check it out. Yeah. Sounds great. Whole... I was engaged the entire way through, and for an art house type movie where they're filming in one shot, that's that, so that rare. alone intrigued me because yeah. I did not know they were doing that, and yeah. that does sound really disorienting. It does. It the, is. The trailer there was like um, there's a scene where he's like, I think it's like the camera's going through an alley and it's kind of narrow. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, oh, how do they how are they doing that? Like, it's really it's interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Oh, they go through like the. It's not actually one shot. It's filmed to look like right, one shot. Right. However. It's still massively complicated um, in terms of the choreography. Because, like, the camera positioning for that would be crazy. Yeah, just in the opening scene alone, which if you've seen the preview, you've seen a little bit of it, where um, Michael Keaton is, like, hovering in the lotus position. Which, uh, another thing about this movie, it's a little bit... um, It's it's like Black Swan. Okay. Where you know there's some tiny bits of supernatural. Yeah, right. You, you don't, don't know, know if he actually has these powers or if he's just crazy. Yeah, and the, it's very ambiguous about it. Even at the end, you're not supposed or to like, actually if it's know. It's just like imagery for what he's feeling. Or yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. I not mean, even imagery for that. It was just very like he has telekinesis. Right. What? But well, that's <laughs> when like it that opens up. Yeah. Like, yeah. But there are little points throughout the film where they call that into question. Mm-hmm. Um. I won't give any particulars away, but there are... You're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to think that this is a man with superpowers. You're supposed to think this might be a man with superpowers. This might be a psychopath. But, uh... Yeah. Um, like some sort of schizophrenic. It sounds awesome. Um, oh, it really It was does. really awesome. Yeah, it was the it. best film that you told us we were never going to see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you proved me wrong, gentlemen. Yes, but I, I would agree with... Uh, Mr. Pino, it was it'd be one of the rare times I would give a film as high rating as a nine out of ten. Mm-hmm. The only reason I would say I would not give it a ten is because it's hard to recommend to most people. It, I know it a is. Lot of people. It is. I know a lot of people that wouldn't like this movie. If you're yeah. into, if you're anything of a like a cinemaphile, if you're into kind of artsy stuff, and if that you like that idea doesn't general. put you off, yeah, then go see it. You'll like it. Um, that being said, just everyone in this movie brings their fucking A-game. God, Ed Norton is a fucking genius in this movie. Fucking I mean, Michael Keaton's a genius in this movie. Zach Galifianakis, of all people, is really, really good in this movie. Like, yeah. giving, like, a, and nothing against Zach Galifianakis, because I think he's a brilliant comedic performer, but you never really get to see, But he like, wasn't really a comedic performer in this one. He Yeah, he has his moments where he's funny, 
but yeah, it's a pretty straightforward performance for the yeah. most part. And yeah, and it's, he was fantastic. It's it's in as much as a comedy as real life is a comedy. Like it was very serious, it was very dramatic, but it has that juxtaposition where people make jokes to make mm-hmm. light of the situation, just like how someone would in real life. And in that, it feels very real. Yes. You know, despite all the telekinesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, despite all the goofy stuff. And there are just references all throughout to the Batman franchise. There are references um, to the Marvel's to universe, it. too. Like, yeah, the, uh, when he... they're talking about all of the actors that they want for the movie. Yeah, they're... they're... Or the play, rather. Yeah, um, and he's like, well, what about Robert Downey Jr.? He can't, he's doing the fucking Iron Man yeah. films. He's like, what, <laughs> yeah. if, what about Jeremy Renner? Who? And they're like, uh, the guy, he was in the one, he, he was nominated for an Oscar. I was like, oh, he's an Avenger. So yeah. They put him in a cape? Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a monologue that Michael Keaton's character gives, and I don't even really remember the subject of the monologue, say for it was about a man who has some neck injury, and he's like, he couldn't even move his neck. Yeah, I was just going to say, do they make a reference to him not being able to move his neck? Right. There's a reference to him, um, and George Clooney. God, that didn't even hit me. Yeah. That was, that's pretty funny. (laughs) Yeah, there's a reference to him and George Clooney. He's having this dream about a plane crash. And he's like, I'm talking to Clooney in his immaculate jaw. And uh, I realized that his if we were to go down on this jaw. plane, yeah, it would be his face on the cover and not mine. Um, but yeah, it was just so many little nods to everything. Uh, it was a very, very well-executed, well-written, well-acted, well-shot movie. Yeah, it was It was perfect almost all around. Yeah. yeah. It's this... Okay. Here you go, Pino. Since you have not seen Drive, this is the same type of feeling that I had walking out of this film as I did when I saw Drive. Mm-hmm. Drive, that's even a little bit more surprising to me. Because I expected this movie to be good. Um, just because it... Well, I've heard things before it came out. Um, it was a very highly anticipated movie, and it wasn't like a huge Hollywood movie. I thought of Drive as just being an action movie. No, no. Drive oh, no, is actually yeah, an art house film. Definitely not an action It's in. Drive was heralded as the perfect blend between an action film and an art house film. Oh, that's good. Then I'll check it out. Granted, I was never like putting it off, like saying, "Ah, fuck this movie." Yeah. I was just like, "Yeah, this is one of those movies don't... that I need to check out," and then never got around to. Actually, don't think of it as an action film because there are only like three action segments in the entire film. Mm-hmm. And if I remember this correctly, a woman actually sued. It was either her local theater or the production company that made the film. Yeah, she you were sued telling me them. About this. Because she was like she went in expecting an action. She movie. went in expected an action film, so she sued the production company. I believe. Did That's you succeed? Bullshit that you can even do that. No shit, you know. Well, what's but... ridiculous? You could you could file a lawsuit about anything, and there's nothing that they could do about it. It'll probably get thrown out, but you could, yeah, you could, you could possibly sue anybody over literally anything. That's ridiculous. Now, what I want to know is, did this case succeed? And if it did, holy shit, I'm going to be rich every time I don't like a movie. <laughs> Be like, sue Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is actually going to hire uh, a hitman, and he's going to come kill you because it's going to be much cheaper. They're actually going to hire Agent Forty Seven yeah. from the Hitman game franchise. They're going to, they're going to no, make it. No, they're just going to hire what's his name from the movie. Right, that's what I was going to say. He was so convincing as the Hitman. Yeah, <laughs> you know they're actually making another Hitman film right now. Oh, why is I he going to be in it? It's not Timothy Oliphant. The guy that they have in it actually looks really good. Like, I know they pushed it back, but... I just... You can't write a good story for that character. Like, those are video game stories. Yeah. You know, like, what are you gonna do with someone like that? Likewise, there are video games that have, like, narrative-driven stories that are just so much better than what what we've had in Hollywood Mm -hmm. for the past... Since Citizen Kane. Um, But it's just... It doesn't translate. It will never translate well. Because either directors will miss the point... Or the reason why it's in a video game format is because that's the only medium of which it'll work. So, mm-hmm. I will never expect a video game movie to go correctly. And film's actually surprisingly good. Uh, you actually saw the Street Fighter one at yeah, Comic-Con, didn't was, you? Yeah, that was... You saw the movie at Comic-Con? No, I'd, I'd seen it before that. Oh, okay. But that's a really accurate um, portrayal of like those characters in that series. It only covers uh, Ken and Ryu. As it should. Um, like, I think that was one of the very many flaws with the Right. They tried to cover one. too many characters. They it tried got to do too crazy. Also, yeah. the times. We're going mm-hmm. to cover every character in the series and make the movie 40 hours long. Yeah. And that well, like I feel like they didn't even really touch on Ken and Ryu much in the original movie. It was a oh, movie no. about fucking. 
It was about defeating Bison. Yeah. It was just like, we got to take down Jean-Claude Van Damme. Right. Um, with all these crazy characters. Mm-hmm. Blanca was in it. Is yeah. Blanca in this one? No, 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 no. That's too bad. Um, it's, the focus is mainly on Ken Ryu. Um, and they're training uh, with their master, um, Goken. Why is Blanca green? Blanca is like a... I think he's like a... I don't think he's a monster. I think he was like some kind of experiment or no, something. No, but why is he green? Why not? Just, Isn't color Blanca Spanish for white? That's yeah, but... Probably. What? I don't know. I think it's... Well, that's it just Blanca? his name. I mean... Or is it Blanca? I, I don't know. Spanish. You're the one who's Hispanic. I don't know any Spanish. <laughs> Very little. Um, I don't know, but it, it's just the character's name. So fuck you. I don't know. Why is your name Michael Holler and you're not green? Isn't Holler See, Hawaiian for green? No, it's not. But it would have worked if he had said, why are you not loud? Because your last no, but name you is are Holler. Loud. But I am loud, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. See? So you just counteracted your own point. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Totally. I would. I, I would say if Go you have any Michael. interest in Street Fighter at all, whether you're like an avid player, you're you know you like going to tournaments, whatever, uh, playing for fun, what or if, just or just like the characters, I would see this movie. What mm-hmm. if what if you saw like Street Fighter and you're like oh that's like the not Mortal Kombat, right? I would punch that person <laughs> in the face <laughs> if they said that to me. <laughs> oh, that's not that's like not the Mortal Kombat. Not yeah, the movies well, the, the that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, go on. I, I, I was just punctuating your story. Did you guys ever see... Go, I guess... No, fuck that. I'm not going to give it... I don't care. I'm going to play that song under this. What? The Guile theme? Song. Yeah. It the goes guile, with everything. The Guile theme? Yeah. yeah. The Guile theme is really good. It goes, it goes with, with everything. everything. There's a lot of covers of that, of, like, people who play guitar doing the Guile theme. Mm-hmm. You can do anything to the Guile theme, and it'll be perfect. We actually, I, we saw this video of me and Pino the other night. It was, uh, the original 1990s The Flash series, which was yeah. terrible. It was bloody terrible. But, um, there was a segment of which it was, like, Flash running around, yeah. his new powers to the Guile theme, and it was... One of the scenes. Wet, the film, really? Yeah, when or from the series where he first discovers that he's super fast. What was the guile thing? Goes with everything. Doesn't his right? shoes melt or something? Yeah. Like at the end of him running, because he's on a track or something. Right? Yeah, he is on a track. I don't, did his shoes melt? Because they were testing out the costume. Yeah, right, right, right. It wasn't the first time that he had used his powers. Because I remember vividly the first time that he tested out his powers. Wait, 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 wait. You remember vividly? I remember the show. You remember the show vividly? I do. Really? Yes. Weren't you because a little you were young? born in 1995. Dude, How do you remember this? Because there was an Alpha video within walking distance uh-huh. of my house, and I rented that VHS. I don't know what the fuck Alpha video is. But it was, it was like... For a minute, I thought you said Alpha video, and I was like, just pictured this thing of Alpha <laughs> over the store with like a handful of videotapes in his hand. No, but before they had Blockbuster, they had Alpha video, and this is like, this is the same place where I rented things like lost in space for when i saw that for the first time or um big bad beetle boys that's when i saw that for the first time but no i remember i saw this flash series and i remember that the reason why he first finds out that he has the superpowers is because his car breaks down and he goes to catch the bus and the bus is like 20 feet away so he runs to catch the bus and he ends up in los angeles uh-huh. like it was the most <laughs> what <laughs> the show was so bad you can't even I mean, Mark Hamill was in it. He was, and he played the trickster. He, did he was play the, the proto Joker because it was kind of similar, um, if I remember correctly. The voice. I remember they made a they made a comment about uh, I can't look at his eyes; they're like tiny black holes. And ever since every every time now I look at Mark Hamill, I'm like, yep, his eyes are like black holes. That's what I think every time I look at Gion. Like I can't look into his eyes; they're like tiny black holes. As we stare into his eyes on the podcast. Essentially. Gian, a rebuttal? Romano sings. Watch it. Well, <laughs> speaking of awesomely bad TV shows, Gian and I last night watched um, The Secret World of Alex Mack the hell is on that? my cell phone. What the hell is oh, that? We were wondering this, too, if you'd yeah, ever, if you'd ever heard of that. Yeah. Um, it, was a t- it was a live-action Nickelodeon show. 
um, that ran from 1994 to 1997, so you had two years to watch it. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> and we were discussing... It's. I can't believe you've never heard of this. I've never I, heard of it. What is it? Okay, it's a show about a girl who gets doused with radioactive chemicals, and instead of getting um, cancer, she gets superpowers. Um, and her superpowers thing, are slightly lame, though. Yeah, they're all kind of weird, and they're ill-defined. Like she kind of all through the series, she would get new ones, and then they would also forget about the ones that she already had. Mm. The only consistent one is that she turns into a silver pile of goo. Right. That's what always the like that's the only that's always thing her I remember. escape, uh, you know, route. Yeah. Like, turn into goo. Right. And she turns into a puddle, and she could go through like air vents and under doors and stuff. Um, and it's pretty fantastic. The acting is really good. Uh, You're literally all throughout. making this sound worse than Birds of Prey. Well, especially her dad. Yeah, her, d- her dad who would forget <laughs> His lines and give awkward hugs. Scenes are great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as he works for the chemical factory, doesn't he? Okay, so yeah. there's this he's evil like a chemical lead factory. Scientist. Yeah, and he's an absent-minded professor. Um, and this evil chemical factory, who's evil because it's a chemical factory, creates this evil chemical. But what were they doing with it? They never They're said. They're in big vats of, 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 uh, no, just big chemical vats. And they put it in a truck for some reason. And the truck crashes and um, spills uh, this goo onto Alex Mack, who is bicycling home uh, from her first day of junior high. And... She, God. like, gets covered, and, like, the truck driver goes out, and he's like, Hey, kid, don't run away like that. I gotta see if you're gonna get superpowers. And she's like, Wah! And she runs home, covered in brown goo she's that like, they said was gold, but it was brown. Yeah. Um, and gets home, and then the evil corporation has to go on this Cinderella-esque hunt for uh, this person. Because I guess, did she leave a handprint? Can you just, yeah, I think, I think she Can you did. just make that sound effect again, please? I don't remember which one. Um, <laughs> did she leave, because like, they have her handprint for some reason, and they're going around where, oh, that yeah, one. That, that's <laughs> It's like the noise you would make if you stepped on a koala. <laughs> the noise I would make if I stepped on a koala? I mean, or the noise koala. the koala would make? You both make the same noise simultaneously. And be like, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Um, anyway, Alex. <laughs> they go on a witch hunt trying to find her. This show actually- and then they just give up. Cause, okay. well, she zaps the thing. Yeah, she has or electric powers. no, she powers. doesn't zap it. She, she like, kind telekinesis of, right. flings it out of the guy's yeah. hand. It's like this, it and looks the guy's like, like whoops, sorry. And it- if anyone had seen this, they would have been like, you didn't fucking drop it. You didn't, like, have a spaz out and fucking, you know. His hands didn't move. It right. literally just flip-flopped out of his fucking hands and onto the ground. Uh-huh. And it breaks. And then they're like, oh, we'll just go back to the truck to get another one. And then she telekinetically um, puts down the oh, parking brake yeah. so the truck, go, like, falls down the driveway and starts driving away on its own. And this and is like, a, this is a big suburban neighborhood. It's just one long cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. So it just goes rolling all the way. In I'm Alexandria, California. Or Valencia, roll- California. Right, yeah, it goes yeah. rolling off screen, never to be seen again. This show actually, if you didn't know, uh, it, it actually turned into Ned's Declassified School Survival Guide. Yeah, it's it, it was almost like that, but not as uh, well produced. <laughs> wow, that's saying a lot. But it was great. Oh, it was then. fantastic. Yeah, it was amazing. Man, it was a huge part of my childhood. Huge show. Uh, it was a big deal, and she always wore a hat. To be fair, a huge part of your childhood was like sliding down the back of a Stegosaurus to get to your car. But you had to work by foot. Right. What? He's calling us old. Are you saying um, we watched the Flintstones? No, I'm saying you were the Flintstones. No, not what really. What I'm saying no. is... Which one were you? Were you Bam Bam, Gian? We were not I'm getting a strong feeling kids. it was Bam Bam. That show was much older than... See, conversely, a big part of Michael's childhood was being on this podcast. <laughs> because he's only 12 years old. Yeah. Makes you guys seem vaguely pedophilic, doesn't it? Vaguely, or creepy that a young boy likes to hang out with older gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Way to turn it around. Yeah. Props for that. But in other news, <laughs> Marvel smacked the shit out of DC this past week. 
They made a counter announcement. Oh, I wouldn't right. say they the smacked Stanley, the shit out of them. the Stanley uh, Media I would, Company. Yeah. I would say they smacked the shit out of DC, if solely because <laughs> DC's whole leak about their movie lineup was in response to the rumor that Captain America three was Civil War. So, in response, what do you mean leak? They that was an announcement. No, 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 no. no. I mean before that, before okay. it was officially announced, there were a lot of rumors that Captain America three was going to be Civil War. So in response to that, DC leaked their movie schedule. And uh, in response to that, uh, Marvel put forth the uh, Age of Ultron trailer, trailer. And just to hammer the point home that the movie domain belongs to them, they also released their movie, um, their upcoming movie releases through 2019. And Tyler Pino resounded, or resounded, responded with a resounding meh. Yeah. I really did. Uh, okay, go ahead and talk about the movies. Like, what were they? Okay, so, let's get my phone out here. So the movies that they, were, that they talked about releasing, have you heard this list yet, Gian? Um, yeah, I've heard it a couple times. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who don't know, uh, starting in May of 2016, we're going to see Captain America Civil War. Then in November of 2016, Doctor Strange. Then the following year, May 2017, we have Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Then July of 2017, Thor Ragnarok. November of 2017, we have Black Panther. Uh, July of 2018, we have Captain Marvel. In May of 2018, we have The Avengers Infinity War, Part 1, followed by The Inhumans in November with the, what the final fuck is film. That? The Inhumans? Uh, you know what? I'm not exactly sure, but from my knowledge, or from what I, I guess, guessed, is kind of like the X-Men, where it's like a bunch of mutant powers, kind of. But I could be totally off. I have no idea. But the final film is uh, Part 2 of The Avengers Infinity War, which they also showed a trailer for at Comic-Con. Uh, not Comic Con at their uh, press release. The Avengers for the Avengers three. They had a trailer for the. How Avengers could you have 3. a? How could you have a trailer for the Avengers three? Um, well, the whole thing. You guys, you didn't hear about this, Gian? Mm-hmm. There was this whole thing where it, I guess. Gian said no. By the way, it, it was this monologue where. Um, no. Uh. <laughs> <it was> someone, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Gian, for the clarification. Uh, someone, I guess, um, recorded at the press conference, and. Um, it was a bunch of just different recycled clips from the old films about like all the the gems for the Infinity Gauntlet. At the very end, it shows you the Infinity Gauntlet, and Thanos oh, okay, is so it was like, like a teaser, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like a teaser, and like Thanos like holds his hand up and it's in a fist, and you see all the gems in the Infinity Gauntlet, and it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just I don't really see why that it, people are making such a big deal out of it because all they released, with the exception of Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel were More sequels, sequels. Yeah. to things that we knew were getting sequels. So it's like, oh man, did you hear they're making a Captain America 3? Yeah, I fucking heard that two years ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I heard, it's, it's actually, before the second film even came out, they announced that the same people who directed Iron um, Captain America 2 are going to be directing Captain America 3, which <laughs> Marvel had Wait, a resounding fit. Huh? Oh, Captain America 2 is 3, okay, yeah. gotcha. I thought you said Iron Man 2 I did, or directed, and I'm like, really? Because yeah. was that Favreau the second time? That, yeah, that was also Favreau, which I don't know. Which what I don't happened. know. Yeah, how did that, that happen? One was bad. I mean, no, to be really fair, was. they pumped that film out in under a year, right? Yeah, probably. So yeah, it, it was really rushed. I just, I, even though it had, um, I remember a race car and like Mickey Rourke with the whips. Yeah, and that's pretty much one big in fight. S- in spite of having Mickey Rourke, whom I think is a very very good actor, um, it is the the villain was so boring. I just didn't care. Who was the villain? Who was, oh, it was, it was the scientist. Was Whiplash? The... No, 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 no. It wasn't. Whiplash. But it was really it was, the dude well, who was like, like their Bill Whiplash Gates. Or, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Sam Rockwell. Sam yes. Rockwell. Yes. Actually, ironically, if you didn't know, Sam Rockwell was one of the original actors that had tested to do the role of Iron Man. Really? Yeah. Huh. That would have been a fucking different world. It would have been totally different. But he finally got to be a part of the Iron Man universe by playing the douchebag from Iron Man Two. Yeah. Kind of wasted. I think, because Sam Rockwell is another one where I'm like, he's so talented. Why was this movie so bland? Yeah. I think it's because of the fact that it was another film that they... It was the first It was the first film of which you had from the get-go an established universe. Because it came directly, directly coming after Iron Man 1. Mm-hmm. So they tried to shove in as much as, like, Easter eggs and, like, um, throw-ins and tie-backs to, like, 
I fucked that up. Tie-ins and throwbacks to like all the other Marvel characters, um, and that was the first that was the first look that we got at it. So I feel like they tried to cram in too much of this whole Avengers initiative into one 90-minute film, and that's why it came out like. You had the Samuel Jackson segment of the film. You had the Robert Downey Jr. section of the film. You had the section where he creates a new element. You had the whole. It was. It was too it was much. Too much. It was too and much. And simultaneously too little somehow. Yeah. I don't think the studio understood the point that you have someone in a suit of metal with rocket launchers attached to him. You want to see him use it more than twice in the film. You want to know something weird? There's music playing in these headphones right now. That's better. Go on. That's all I got. Um, I can actually immediately say that I'm much more excited for the Marvel lineup than I am for the DC lineup. See, well, the only re- I, I wouldn't say that I'm excited for the DC lineup and like, oh man, these are going to be great movies. I'm just more interested in them because I know less about them. Um, I don't know what direction that they're going to go in with each of these films. I with the Marvel one, it's dark just... Dark and gritty. Yeah, yeah, well, that's probably true. But with the Marvel ones, it's like, yeah, they were literally... Save for two, all of them were fucking sequels to movies that we'd like. Why even make the announcement? It's like, did you know we're gonna have another Avengers? Yeah, you've showed trailers for it. <laughs> but, um. Fuck you! To correct Mr. Pino here, four films, four new films. They're just doing what it. What are to, they? They're just doing um, it to throw their weight around. I mean, the yeah. pushing in DC's face. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't think Marvel's even concerned about DC at this point. Like DC, no, not at all. DC I has no. Like we were talking a couple weeks ago. Like DC is the one who blinked because originally DC had. Um, and God, for fucking Captain America three, are you shitting me? The first time that Superman and Batman have appeared on film together, you're gonna be like, oh well, yeah, the the fucking third. Captain America sequel, yeah, that's gonna be a heavy hitter. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, because I mean, if, and if you hadn't heard about this, which if you're listening to this podcast, I assume you'd be one of the people who had heard about this. Um, Warner Brothers had initially scheduled their release date for Batman Five Superman to be the exact same day that Marvel had scheduled for Captain America Three, like three years prior or something like that. And so it was this like they and like they interviewed Marvel like Kevin Feige and people like that and you're like so are you like concerned about it and they're like no we're not and so um, you know Warner Brothers for the longest time was very confident like our, it's not our goal to go head to head with Marvel we just really believe in our product and apparently they didn't because they blinked and they pushed it back well yeah, okay and I was talking about this with someone today and I think we were talking about it last night as well. The difference in um, Warner Brothers' strategy versus Marvel's strategy is Marvel has nothing but superhero films. Um, that is the, all that Marvel Studios is concerned with. It's not like they're releasing. They have to worry about their romantic comedy for the summer. They don't have to worry about what indie films they're going to release that summer. Warner Brothers is a massive, massive cinematic conglomerate um, that happens to have this whole DC Comics thing. That's true. Uh when they release a film, they also have to worry about all of the other films that they're releasing in terms of budget, in terms of how much they think they're going to make back, in terms of the tracking, in terms of everything. So all of their decisions are a little bit more complex. When Marvel, I mean, yes, they're owned by Disney, but Marvel Studios is its own entity. Um, and all they have to worry about is, like, you is know... Is the mouse happy? Right. But, is you know, saying, but in saying that, then you'd you'd imagine that Warner Brothers would approach their films with a much more cautious sense that they'd take more even more like attention oh, to detail do. and effort I mean, into it. Well, then we shouldn't get shit just, like I don't. Steel. I think they just don't uh, have the Marvel. team. You said Marvel. Not oh, Disney. sorry, Warner Brothers. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, with, well, with, no, I I would argue the complete opposite because they don't have the amount of re- not the amount of resources, but the amount of time to focus on something like that. They're like, okay, well, we got to make the superhero movie, but we also got to make you know fucking Titanic Part Six. We also have to make whatever the hell New Harry know, Warner Brother, yeah, Warner Brothers releases, which is just about everything, be it from Warner Brothers, Warner Independent, or any of the other major studios that they work with. Don't they own the Weinstein's night right now? Do they? I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, they, I could be wrong. I don't know. Harvey, if you're listening, write in. Do Does Warner Brothers own you? But, um, I don't know. I feel like the DC films... Actually, he probably owns Warner Brothers. He's a very powerful man. Harvey <laughs> Weinstein. I feel like the DC films are going to come out, and they're just going to feel really half-assed, like how Man of Steel felt. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just going to be like... 
limp dick, look at me, and it's just not going to be very good. Sure. But that's that's my own personal opinion on it. Yeah. I feel well, like just... and there's a lot of factors that go into that. It's yeah. just like is Zack Snyder nothing against him per se, but I, is he going to be able to handle something that massive? It's like Joss Whedon with the Avengers. I mean, as far as nerds go in the nerd community, Joss Whedon is like something of a demigod, but even Wait, him... Demi? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He, even with him, it was just like, are you going to be able to handle the Avengers? And he did with fucking Gusto, but that, that's, a bit, that's a huge fucking order, you know what I mean? I think the difference between Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder is Joss Whedon is very, very, very experienced... Uh, he's especially also a good coming writer. from he's got everything yeah, yeah. well i mean it, it, as far as directing like he's very experienced coming from tv where he can have an yeah. ensemble of characters and right. make them all he relevant. knows how to balance 50 million plot lines at once exactly Zack snyder as much as i loved watchmen does not yeah i think he's a and we've said it before many times i think he's a brilliantly visual director visual yes sort of esteet but um as far as like making his own scripts into films i don't think that's where his you know strengths are yeah i I would agree with that i think that what warner brothers should do at this point is a just why not just make an entire branch of warner brothers just dedicated to the dc comics films and then you would have things like justice league dark you would have like marvel strategy allegedly, although that seems to have collapsed now because Ant-Man looks like it's going to be this major film. Um, They were going to have, like, a smaller line, and they actually did that, and they failed with the Punisher. Um, They were going to have, like... uh, When Punisher Warzone came out. Yeah, yeah. They were going to have, like, a a whole line of films that was going to be, like... The Marvel Max kind of run. Yeah, like, they were going to be... Not independent films, obviously, but they were going to be smaller budgeted. They're not going to be marketed quite as heavily, and they're going to be geared towards a very specific audience, whereas something like The Adventures has to appeal to everybody. Um, but they, they don't seem to do that anymore, probably because they failed so hard with Punisher Warzone. Oh, God, that and, movie lost. like, fucking Hellraiser. Did they do... Or, yeah. Did they do Hellraiser? Not Hellraiser. Um, Ghost Rider. <laughs> I was like, why did oh, I say Spirit of Vengeance. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's true. You know, that was a movie that I had, astoundingly, I had high hopes for the second Ghost Rider. Because, okay, okay. you're giving me this face. <laughs> and this is because it was directed by the two people who did the Jason Statham films, Crank. I believe the second one they really? did, Crank 2. Really? Yeah. Because I enjoyed Crank 1 right. and 2. Right, right. And with that's that... surprising. And with that, you could do these totally, like, crazy, like, out-of-the-box kind of insane shit and make it look really good. And they could have done that because Ghost Rider is a character where you can do a lot of really cool-looking things with him. But they did not focus on the action. They focused on Nicolas Cage and his internal struggle, which is what no one wanted to see. So, I mean, it... I went. I went to see this balls out, awesome action, and got two scenes of action, and was sorely disappointed. Did you know that before um, Keanu Reeves was attached to Constantine, it was going to be Nicolas Cage? I know. I found that out last night. And you also, they told me. I mean, you just mentioned it briefly now. The Justice League Dark. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. He yeah. still wants to do it. I don't think he's. Uh, Going to get that opportunity. Yeah, Warner Brothers doesn't seem to be so enthusiastic about it. Maybe after he makes Pacific Rim 2 and Hellboy 3, he'll just have so much money that well, he'll, like... He's, he's got, like, a couple... He's got, I think he's got three movies in the pipeline right now. He's got to do the... In the... What is it? The Mountains of Madness. The uh, H.P. Lovecraft oh. um, movie. He's, he's got, doing a... Wow. He's doing yeah. a lot. And then on top I know of he's that, wanted to. That's I, actually... That's really exciting. Actually, he also... They're doing Pacific Rim 2 and 3 back-to-back as well. Lord of the Rings yeah, style. As yeah. well as Hellboy 3 in there somewhere. Yeah. So that's... That's quite a bit. But, I mean, Guillermo del Toro, I think... Well, I haven't read Justice League Dark and didn't even know of its existence until, like, a month ago. From what I've heard, he would be the perfect director for it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'd support him in doing anything. Because um, he's already proved that he could make a hell of a comic book movie. And he's already proved that he can make a hell of in any kind of movie, really. I just I'd like him a bunch. Yeah. What did you guys think of Hellboy 2? Because I was not a fan of the second one. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, I you really, didn't enjoy I, the second one? Really, the best fucking one? I really... Are you kidding me? 
I'm Did you do you remember what the first one was like? I do, and I really like the first one. How? Really it was didn't. so fucking boring. It was everything I didn't want from Hellboy. It was mostly following this fucking FBI agent the whole movie. Yeah. And seeing him be sad. That being and said, like trying to relate to these crazy characters somehow and establish a connection that being said the second one again was the lupus effect where it was just so completely off the rails that i feel no, like no, no i loved no. the second no one. no i liked the first one a lot too only because like it's like yeah of course they had to make it like that that was back in like what 2001 yeah that I mean, was no before was, it was a proven no genre was invested in these kind of movies back then so yeah it had to be that way yeah and then the second one did exactly what they should have done the first time. Right, they got everything right. Like all the creepy, like yeah, yes. monster shit. See, I did, I did like that aspect, but I just, I felt like it was, it was. Did too you not much. like the villain? Did you? Did you not like the pearl Prince man? Nuwadu? I can't even remember the fucking villain in Prince that film. Prince Nuwadu. So so forgettable. Oh my god, it? dude, the, he was so good. The only, the only things I remember in that film are Johann Strauss, um, who is awesome. Right. Uh, I remember. The big baby fucking huge gun that he had. And I remember someone got crushed in a marketplace by two. I think you need to watch this. How old are you when you watch the second Jesus one? Jesus Christ. You should watch it again. I should probably watch it again. But I remember watching that film and not as not enjoying it as much as I did the first one. Oh my gosh, dude. You're full of shit. Maybe it was like, because you were just so happy to see that first Hellboy movie, you know? I, I did like, actually was, like starstruck. The, the then... first, the first Hellboy film I saw at the uh, I don't know if you guys have them here. Probably not the Dollar Theater. We had those in Florida. You had those in Florida. Yeah. I, I saw that much. film in the Dollar Theater like five or six times mm. because I wow. enjoyed it so much. Jesus. Yeah, I really did like the first film. Yeah. I think I saw the I second, second one. Film. I think I saw the second one on TV once. I'm like, what the fuck this? No. Like, yeah. You didn't see it in theaters? No, I saw it on oh TV and God. I was so disappointed. <sighs> We need to, like, okay, we're going to get a computer, and we're going to put it on one of those huge we fucking need to TVs get a computer. in there and we watch this. We have no computer. <laughs> yeah, we need to do that. Um, who's got an HD cable? I do. You got an HD cable? I, I have an Xbox hooked up to it. But, yeah, totally. All right, we'll, we'll watch it, and I'll, go, I'll do come back to that. Yeah. Okay, well, with that being said, um, this Justice League Dark movie, I could see why it would be complicated to put it out right now. I really hope that eventually it gets done. But if they're they're still they're they're still working on their shared universe, they haven't really been able to do that yet. So to start with a Justice League Dark film, especially if they want to start it the way that they did with the Justice League Dark comic book from the New 52, you kind of need a Justice League established. Right, you need to know who these characters are. Yeah, and there's a lot of um, interaction from, like, Batman and Wonder Woman and Superman and Green Lantern. So it'll probably, I mean, maybe it's not completely out of the question. It'll just be a while before they can fit those ties into the bigger movies. Otherwise known as post-2020. Yeah. No, they could still, like, announce things. Like, they have their skeletal game plan. I'm sure that they could... I'm sure that they can. And I would, I'm sure that it I would really love to see point. a Guillermo, like fucking DC. Comic yeah, dude, that have would be direct so a cool. Fucking, direct, essentially, direct a Constantine film. I'm like, oh my god, that would be. It awesome. would be like the perfect fit. Yeah, it would be fucking brilliant. Yeah, he, he's he's literally the perfect director. It'd for be that. the Cinderella slipper of yeah. like director movies because Justice League <laughs> right. and material. Justice League Dark. I mean, a lot of people don't like that area of DC Comics where it's magical and it's like uh, it's like more fantastical right the stuff that you would normally see in Vertigo but it's in DC for some reason but um, yeah no he would be perfect for that why is that I mean there's rarely ever a crossover between DC and DC Vertigo Mm -hmm. why bring John Constantine over to DC because he was DC Vertigo because he's so popular justly so yeah I mean yeah according to David S. Goyer you know he's the third most popular comic book character of all time out of out Batman and choice, Superman. Yeah, with, what, with the choice was, between Batman, Superman, and Constantine. Who was top? Batman, Batman Superman. Superman, then John Constantine. Three most popular <laughs> characters of all time. What, dude? I mean... I don't know. I think the three greatest? Sure. I'll throw him up there way up high. If you're talking about three most popular... No, that's like a... I would how? say Green Lantern would say be like no three or four on that list. Yeah, well, like most popular in terms, because it would have to be like, and if it's it's only DC characters, I would say Superman, Batman, probably Batman on top these days, but 
Um, Superman, Batman, Wonder Batman's Woman. Batman's always on top. Yeah. You're fucking white bread. <laughs> <laughs> You're boring. Ass <laughs> mouth Um. <laughs> I forgot what I was saying. You can't forget Lobo. Lobo would be. Yeah, Lobo's number one. Especially the new Lobo. Yeah, skinny anime Lobo. Emo Um, fucking alt rock Lobo. Yeah, but I would say Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, maybe Flash. Wait, wait, wait. You said Wonder Woman's yeah, up there. Yeah, if you're if you're gonna say like, and if you're polling like, if we were to go out to like, like most Street, popular, oh, yeah. just you mean like well known okay. people? Okay, right, right. I would um, put Wonder Woman up there. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Right, not yeah. like who's the best? Not like who's who do people like the right, most? Right. But just plain old not name fans. recognition. Yeah, yeah, plain old name recognition. Wonder Woman's definitely in the top three. Then Aquaman. maybe the Flash, Aquaman. Yeah, you could name drop Green God Lantern. Although I think less people know who Green Lantern is than. Maybe even Aquaman. Oh, trust me, people. People know the people remember Green that Lantern. stinky movie that people, came out a couple years. People ago. remember that. But like, let's say pre-movie world, I don't think anybody really knew who Green Lantern was because he didn't. He never had like a popular show. I actually, I remember talking to people when Green Lantern was first came out, and like people who had no idea basically what comic books, and they were really pissed off. It was like, you're turning a black guy into a white guy. Oh, yeah. The only mindset people knew about the Green Lantern was oh, John right. Stewart. Justice. Right, Stewart. right, right. Yeah. You so, know who really should have played John Stewart? John Stewart. John Stewart. <laughs> they should have just used Kyle Rayner for that movie. Yeah. They should just use Kyle Rayner for every Green Lantern movie. Yeah, he's such Anything. a more interesting character. He's, he's a fucking artist. He... Has the most creative mind out of like all the lanterns. The only thing about him, you can do insane shit with that, like with that material. You could write some crazy ass shit with that. It's like I remember, like when Ryan Reynolds got the ring and he was like, "You can make anything with it." And he made a sword. I'm like, "Fucking for real!" Like Like, uh, he made a giant fist, but that was kind of like an in joke because that's more of a commentary on the writers of Green Lantern than it is on the character because it's like it's always a giant fist. First thing, Why? always giant fist because they're easy to draw, <laughs> and, and, uh, and they're simple. My only problem with Kyle Rayner is he's basically Spider-Man with a Green Lantern. He, okay, yeah, his character is yeah, his mannerisms are very Spider-Man. He's Peter Parker. He's kind yeah. of snarky. He's like, did you ever have you ever read like? Um, I forget what his first one is. Yeah, Kyle yeah, Rayner. I I have Do you like his that? first arc. Um, that was awesome. Like yeah. when he spoilers when he finds when he comes home to his apartment and it's trash yeah and he finds his girlfriend with a leg sticking out of the fridge yeah like well that's where like shoved in like that's really like controversial in the in the, in the comic book world they say they're fridge characters now um, <laughs> if it's a female that gets killed she just exists to get killed oh my god um, which is a common trope in in comic books but yeah so that's like among like internet feminists. That's a like a buzz term. That's oh, valid, yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, though, uh, 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 not internet feminist, but uh, oh, misogyny in comic books. The first major uh, Marvel female protagonist that they're doing in this lineup, All right, is uh, Marvel Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel. Miss Marvel, as she was formerly known now she's captain marvel but do you feel like that's kind of bullshit that i they do changed it? I, well because i i saw that and i was like i read the thing because i just thought it was captain marvel there is a captain then, marvel in the marvel universe that is not shazam yes well not anymore they gave up that term he's only shazam bullshit. now and then but, they then they're like oh it's the female and i was like well, why the fuck didn't they call it you know miss marvel it's a chick uh-huh why would they call it captain marvel yeah, um, it's weird, but what gets me is, why not a Black Widow movie? Why are we introducing this new character? Like, yeah. we haven't had a Black Widow movie at all, uh, and she's there, a very popular Wasn't there, character. like, talks about them doing a, a Black yeah, Widow movie? Yeah, I've heard whispers. I've, I don't know if there was anything, like, official ever done for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but why not just give her a fucking movie? I you mean, know, it's an interesting enough character, and Scarlett Johansson plays it well and enough that it And she can do could. action. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You She's know? fantastic in all of those movies, with the exception of Lucy. Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> I mean, she was really good in Lucy, but Lucy was just bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, why? 
Miss Marvel? Where? Why? I think why? They, well, I think it's because because Marvel needs like their standalone, you know, female superhero movie. Because it's all it's prominently right now male. You know, yeah, leads, yeah, with whatever. the exception of Black and then, Widow, and you like, know, yeah, Black Widow and Avengers though, because right. she's part of a team, right? And but I, they the, want that strong female, like you know, to appeal to the female audience. Yeah, well, then make it Black Widow. Give her a sure. movie. Yeah, but I think what they want is more like a more. They want more power, diversity. They want a more powerful okay, they presence. Want, they want a superhero. Right. They want yeah. a full-on superhero, not just like a. Which spy is so strange because Natasha this is like Romanoff. a character. I mean, I've heard of Miss Marvel. I know nothing about that. Yeah, I, I don't know. What does she Zero. do? I have no idea. I don't, yeah, I think um, this is where we go and pick up some, you know, Captain Marvel. Some Ms. Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, okay. We're going to have to we'll call be it back. quits for now. <laughs> we might be back. We might not. Mikey Chan has to go to work. Yeah, we'll be back if uh, if Gian, if Gian, you know, isn't too old to actually have to go to bed at 8 o'clock, then we'll be back. But if not... It's Gian's fault. Mm-hmm. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm SpongeBob. I'm, I'm Gian Gomez. Have a week.